we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talking Nets, hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Okay. Hello. December 27th. And yes, sir. Talking Nets, episode 181. Third place Nets bully the Bucks. Beat Cavs on road to a nine-game win streak, the longest in Brooklyn history. Keith McPherson joined by Robin Lumberg. Robin, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday, ending the year 2022 after Christmas, heading into New Year's Eve? Like I said, Merry Nets-mas, right? Uh, I mean, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I hope everybody had a, a good holiday or whatever you're, you're up to. You know, and scrambling to get an episode in as I'm traveling, not in my normal setup, as you can see, because the Nets are, are like you said, doing what we kind of uh, expected them to do at one point, but not at any point really this year, right? I, I don't think any of us, and I don't really even think any fans, anybody out there would have guessed this team would be as good as it is right now if you rewound to the summer, obviously, and the Kevin Durant trade request feels like a lifetime ago, or if you rewound to the beginning of the season after the first few games, or if you rewound to the whole Kyrie thing. But here they are. And at this point, Keith, I think the Nets are, you know, right there amongst the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. I mean, they spanked the Bunks. They spanked the Cavs. The only team... I'm not going to put them above right now out of respect is Boston simply because Boston swept them in the playoffs and Boston beat them last time out. But the, the Nets also didn't have Ben Simmons or Yuta Watanabe for that game either. So, you know, at, at full strength, I mean, this looks like a, a pretty complete roster, a, a team that could beat you a myriad of ways, a team that's good on, on both ends. And there's no reason not to be thinking championship again. It's a good time to be a Nets fan. And I'll say, only the deep, deep pockets of Nets fans thought that this was possible. No one thought this was possible in the summer once Katie requested a trade. Oh, this is a mess. Blow it up. Steve Nash, he sucks. They got to fire him. Wait, Katie wants Sean Marks fired? Okay. Well, I think last year was supposed to be a revenge tour, right? Last year coming off of losing in the second round to the Bucks, right? Going into last season, it was like, Okay, this is a revenge tour. We're running it back. And obviously things got derailed with the uh, vaccine and all that nonsense. And then injuries. The, the Nets never really got going last year. They had an 11-game win streak. They had a second-year coach that still couldn't figure it out. We knew we were cooked last year, but we were holding out hope that Kyrie would come back. And he did as a halftime player, then a full-time player. Then we got past COVID. But it was too late. It was too late. The Nets were not able to gel enough with the roster that they had to go in and beat a team like the Celtics. The Celtics swept the Nets. It was embarrassing. And honestly, I thought they should fire Steve Nash right after that. Fast forward, like you said, the request, and then um, another little hiccup in the Kyrie saga, and Nets fans are sick. We don't deserve nice things. We can never have anything nice. When is it going to work out? The whole NBA looking at us like, what a disaster. These guys tried to make a super team, and they made a super mess. They'll never be anything. The Nets this, the Nets that. 
and only negative Nets talk. Now, we asked for the national media to start talking about the Nets about two or three episodes ago. I think when they had a five-game, six-game win streak. And now, when you turn on SportsCenter, FS1, uh, NBA TV, wherever, they're talking about the Nets because they're the hottest team in the NBA. They're on a nine-game win streak. They've won 13 out of their last 14, and it's starting to look like it was supposed to look like at some point in the 7-11 KD Kyrie era. What I'll tell you is this, folks. The pass is the pass. The Nets are keeping it basketball. I wish the fans would keep it basketball. I wish the fans would stop saying stuff like, oh, who said that the Nets wouldn't be better without Kyrie? That shit doesn't matter. We all know they're better with one of the best players in the world. We're getting that now. KD talked to the, uh, spoke to the fact that Jean, Jacques Vaughn talked to the team, right? If you go back, we were supposed to have Ime Udoka as the head coach. The Nets decided to sidestep that media circus and the mess that would have been and they gave an opportunity to a guy internally who had the right voice, who had the right respect, and most importantly, the command of the locker room. KD spoke to him defining their roles, and he spoke to the team and said, let's keep it basketball, block out all the outside noise, and KD's basically now standing on that saying, "We're all that outside stuff, we're never on that, right? I don't think there's anyone in the locker room saying, thought we'd be better without Kyrie. They're not, they're not on that. So as fans, be happy that it's starting to come together because this whole time, this was supposed to be a team that could get to a championship, and now they're starting to gel. Now they're starting to look like contenders. And sometimes you got to go through it to get through it. Maybe the Nets had to go through all of that nonsense to figure out how to build this Nets world. Rome wasn't built in a day. This Nets world wasn't built in a day, but it's looking pretty good right now. When you look around the NBA – and you're looking at the superstars, and you're looking at the coaches, and you're looking at the benches and teams in totality. It is freshly past December or past uh, Christmas. I know we're in December, but you're starting to dream of a third-place Nets team that can actually contend if they stay healthy. Pray for health. Your thoughts, Robin? Yeah, begrudgingly, people are talking about the Nets now, right? Like, it is like a um, a race to dance on their grave whenever they have that chance. But now that's going the other way. It's like, yeah, the Nets look pretty good, uh, <laughs> you know. But look, and they have the burden of proof. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself as far as you know prognosticating or playing championship routes as of yet because they have to do it in the playoffs. But we should be feeling pretty good. Credit Kevin Durant. I mean, you talked about it. I don't know if I've ever heard Katie talk about anything other than basketball, aside from maybe smoking weed, video games, and a little bit of rap music. Like that's about the only, that's about the only My kind of guy I've ever heard Katie talk about. But he's been sensational, and he's led by example in in the way that he's brought a certain level of effort to the court on both ends, and and by the way he played, including that stretch without Kyrie where he was the facilitator, he's facilitated since then. Kyrie, since he came back, and I, I give him credit for this, but I also give Jacques Vaughn credit for this. If you notice, he's really played in the flow of the team, not quite as much uh, ISO to begin things. That's why sometimes he has slower starts to games because he's not looking for his own shot at first. He's finding it more in the rhythm. And then when he gets going, we all know what he's capable of. Jacques Vaughn, I, I, I feel like a broken record saying some of this, but the timeout – stuff 
I, last night in the Cavs game, I think it was nine minutes to go in the third quarter. The Cavs had cut it to something like 10. He calls a timeout. Nets come right back out, extend the lead to 16 or 18 right after that timeout. And, and, and that was essentially the game in my mind. And apparently he gave the, the same message to the team uh, about uh, focusing solely on basketball. And then I saw somebody else mention it in the chat. But, you know, you got other guys who are, are having big seasons and, and are real players. Like Nick Claxton has had a real season. And now Ben Simmons, too. Ben Simmons it, dominated the last two games the way that he does. You know, he's never going to do it uh, on the point total. But as far as defensively, I mean, I think Giannis had zero points in the fourth quarter on Friday. He he was guarding Donovan Mitchell for a bunch of that game yesterday. So think about that. You're guarding Giannis. You're guarding Donovan Mitchell. And then for anybody who actually, like, appreciates basketball, there are these little nuances of the game that Ben Simmons controls that aren't going to be on the highlights or whatnot. But just the fact that he gets the ball, whether it's on a, a made shot or a, a defensive rebound, and pushes that pace and then finds the open shooter in their shooting pocket so that they're getting in rhythm or he's getting into the paint and breaking down that defense just a little bit. So when he kicks it back out, the guy that has it can attack the closeout. So all, all those things are working for the Nets right now. And I just want to last thing on this big spiel here. Echo your point about, like, what are you guys getting from this whole, ooh, who said this then? then well, like, what, what is the benefit of that? Everyone was frustrated when KD requested a trade. Everyone was frustrated when the Kyrie thing went down. Everyone should be happy about how the team's playing right now. I live in the future. I can't <laughs> even remember the past. So I don't harp on, oh, what did we think in October? <laughs> it doesn't matter. What we currently have is a team that, gambled on a lot of different players, positions, and things, and they're starting to hit on those bets. Jacques Vaughn, that was a gamble, right? To not go to Ime Udoka, who we all were pounding the table. Get Ime, get Ime. We knew it was only a matter of time until Nash got fired this season, right? How come less people are talking about Nash? And I swear when Nash was the head coach, it was like they made all the excuses for him. Right. It was never that it was, oh, he's had too much to handle. He's got to deal with Katie and Kyrie. They don't want a head coach. No, they need a head coach. Every team needs a head coach to be successful. Talking about Jacques Vaughn and his timeouts. I think Katie's shoe came off. He called the timeout. I think there was a possession where just it didn't look clean and the ball got back to KD. Katie didn't have, have a handle on it. Time out. I'm going to stop the game because I'm the head coach, and I know that's my power. I know that's my job to say, okay, let's talk about it a little bit. Talking about the gambles that have paid off, even with Kevin Durant. Okay, KD, you know what? We're not going to trade you. That's a gamble. It would have been a gamble either way. We're not going to trade you. You got to stay. You got to fight through this. You're under contract. He could have sat out. Knew he wasn't going to do that. He's a true hooper and professional. Kyrie, okay. They could have so many people wanted Kyrie cut. So many people said I would have cut bait with him. They're not dumb. I was on here and I was on WFAN, and multiple people asked me, Are the Nets better with Ky without Kyrie? And I'm just I couldn't say it because I didn't believe it. So the Nets didn't believe it. Okay, he made a mistake, but the team's not talking about an Amazon link. They're focused on basketball, and so are the Nets. They're not talking about the past anymore. Ben Simmons, when you take Ben Simmons in that trade with Harden. He wasn't ready to go last year. He wasn't really ready to go in the beginning of this year. But every game, every week, we're starting to see his confidence. He's starting to just look the part. 
He knows when he's on the floor, if KD's not on the floor or whoever it is around him, bring the ball up, push. And I don't mind him missing his little hook shots or whatever. Take them, shoot them. We have two of the most efficient players in the NBA. KD and Kyrie are knocking down all their shots. You can miss a couple. Yuta Watanabe, shoot the ball when you get it. He is shooting with confidence. Talk about a gamble with the guy. Most people didn't even know who he was. He's on a non-guaranteed contract. TJ Warren's foot was still broken a few months ago. Nobody thought TJ Warren was going to come in and still be a bucket, or did they? I thought there was a chance from what we saw from him. There's so many. Edmund Sumner. Edmund Sumner was coming off an Achilles injury. Nobody knew what he was going to be. So basically, the Nets put together a parlay, and they're like, hey, if these legs start to hit, we're going to be in a different place. It's not going to happen instantly. We got to let it play out. Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither was this Nets world. But you're starting to see veteran KD, veteran Kyrie, with pieces around them like a Royce O'Neal. You bring in Royce O'Neal, that's another gamble. How is he going to fit here? How he's going to gel? We pretty much knew he was, he's a solid NBA player. But it's still, you don't know. It works out. So I'm looking at this team. Let's talk about the Bucks game. Going into that Bucks game Friday night. You know, that was a test. That was the first test. Uh, the Warriors are not the same, even though shout out to the Warriors going and handling Memphis like that. Like, wow, see? All that talking, all that. Yeah, John Moran been running his mouth a lot this year. <laughs> all that talking, all that internet stuff, you still got to get on the floor and prove it. I meant to mention that with the Celtics and the uh, Orlando Magic because when the, when the Celtics lost to the Magic, they were trolling them. They were posting Eddie House memes and, and gifts. And I'm like, that's <laughs> – they're going to remember that next time around. Either way, Friday night, the Bucks come to Brooklyn, and they had just lost to the Cavs. And for the most part, that first quarter, it's 36-29 Nets. Next quarter, quarter, they outscore them. The only quarter that the Bucks played a little bit better was coming out of halftime in that third quarter. But like Robin already said, they shut Giannis down. Nick Claxton stepped up. And, and Claxton basically talked to the point, the point that experience is the best teacher. He's played the Bucks a few times now. He knows what they're going to do. He's going to take shots when they're putting pressure on Kyrie, on KD, and he's open. And he knows how to guard Giannis. And he's not afraid of Giannis. When he walked into Giannis, I stood up off my couch. Yeah. He, he's got that energy going right now. You know what? I, I, might, I might rather have Nick Claxton than – I think I would rather have Nick Claxton than Jared Allen. So – you know, that the spilt milk stuff. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but, you know, some of the stuff you were talking about, Keith, one, one of the most damaging things you can do in basketball is not shoot the ball when you're open. So to the point of Ben Simmons, whether it's the baby hooks or shoot. Watanabe in the corner. Then um, Kyrie, you know, obviously every team's hypothetical ceiling is higher that with Kyrie. And, and I think that's another place to give Jacques Vaughn a little credit because sometimes with somebody like Kyrie, you need somebody who's willing to check him. And that's probably what Nash was not willing to do to, to his detriment because it, it feels like the energy around Nash was just negative in, in every which way. So not even just the in-game coaching stuff, but the, the, the team tuning him out or, or the reports about him being waved off. Jacques Vaughn's not going to allow that. You're not going to wave him off. He's going to call timeout and say, nah, that, you know, that ain't going that way. And then somebody else who deserves credit, I, I saw John Sabal, I think his name is in the, the chat, Sean Marks. Deserves credit because all those players yeah. you just listed off, Watanabe, Sumner, O'Neal, Warren, you know, even Ben Simmons, the trade, 
all that is Sean Marks. So, you know, if KD did go into the summer and say, um, I want Nash and Marks gone, it seems like he was half right because the the Nash piece being gone uh, has really worked out for the Nets. But the fact that that Sean Marks is is still here, uh, you got to give credit where it's it's due because this this team is good. You know, the roster top to bottom is good. They got guys, everybody that's playing, you know, they got guys who aren't playing who, you know, you know, Seth Curry, whose minutes aren't where they probably normally would be. Where the, These games are happening without Joe Harris. Joe uh, Harris getting, is hurt. I was waiting yeah, for you to say that. They look get, better without yeah, Joe Harris. I, I wouldn't mind if he's gone. Um, it, but so, like, you know, all these ideas of trades, I'm not even – I'm not sure what the Nets' real need is right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, but they have the leverage, Robin. That's the yeah. thing. Every year as a Nets fan, it's who do we need? Cook up the trade machine. We're looking at these like eight or nine guys, like they have enough. A trade could put them over the top. And that's what you hope for, right? You because I just mentioned Joe Harris, Cam Thomas isn't playing, Patty Mills is a non-factor. Who else on this team? Like Dayron Sharp is not having the second year you would hope that he would have. Um, it just is what it is. Like with Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren. Utah Watanabe and Edmund Sumner, I guess throw Seth Curry in there. They look like they have all they need. They're they're bigger, pause. They 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 just have the length they were missing last year. Sean Marks fixed that. They play defense. If you watch them play defense, the Nets never play defense like this. Like it is, it is important. They are communicating, they're switching, they're on top of assignments, they're not letting guys blow by them. There's not as much of the like. What happened there? They it's know a, what to do. It's a personnel and a rotation thing. You know, he addressed it with the personnel, uh, O'Neal and, and, and guys like that. Obviously, Ben Simmons, Claxton uh, taking a step forward. But that's also a rotation thing, Keith, because Kyrie is no longer playing alongside small guards. You know, when you have Kyrie out there with Patty or Kyrie out there with, with Cam Thomas or Kyrie out there with Seth, with it's Bruce tough. Or yeah. Tyler Johnson. It, it's, tough to be a good de- it's tough to be a good defensive team. Now Kyrie is the only small out on the court at any time, and everybody else is long. Even if even if he's playing with Sumner, Sumner is long for a guard, yeah. and then uh, Simmons is long, Watanabe is long, uh, Claxton is long. T.J. K- Warren, and yeah. he, he will give it up to them. He is passing the ball to Utah. He's passing the ball to T.J. Warren instead of just making his own shot, and sometimes it's there. If he gets close to the rim, we know he's got one of the best layup packages we've ever seen, but he's making it look like he's there, and he's thinking, where is the open guy? This defender's coming to me. TJ, that's you, and TJ's knocking him down. Yuta, that's you, and Yuta's knocking him down. Everybody's involved. They're playing defense. They're communicating, and they're playing good basketball led by Jacques Vaughn and his structure and his roles and his game plan. I'm happy with this. I have not seen the Nets play like like this. I, I'm trying to figure it out when I felt this good about them because they're 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 winning consistently. They're closing out games. I think I heard they're 13 and two in clutch games. Like like we saw that Raptors game. Like Kyrie hit the the buzzer beater to win it. But like they're not making mistakes late in games that cost them. This Cavs game could have went differently late. The the Cavs weren't giving up. Go go ahead, Robin. No, no. I mean, part of that clutch factor, though, is also um, the, the the shooting of, of KD and Kyrie, right? Because um, KD, by the way, let's give him credit for defense, too. Uh, we're listing off, listing off defense. This might be his best defense. KD season. defense. They don't talk about it enough. <laughs> but he's having a generational 
season shooting the mid-range. And here's the thing about the modern NBA. What is the shot that defenses want to surrender? It is that mid-range shot, right? Because the, the most efficient shots are the, the three-pointer and the layup. And so teams are basically, defenses are designed to get to mid-range. It just so happens, you know, the Nets have perhaps, you know, the best mid-range shooter, definitely the best mid-range shooter in the league right now in Kevin Durant and, and one of them of all time. And then also Kyrie, who operates well in the difficult shot spaces, whether that's, you know, those little fadeaways he's taken or little pull-ups that he's taking. So I, I think that really helps the Nets when it comes to clutch time. One, that their defense is better. So they're not being beaten on that end. And then two, they already had this, but now that they're playing with a certain level of purpose, when you're getting into that time, when, when defenses are, are, are tightening up, well, the Nets got guys who are good at hitting those tough shots. I mean, we could talk all around this. I have so many thoughts. Uh, I guess closing the Bucks game, it was good to see the Bucks come to Brooklyn. Giannis not be able to have his way, not be able to bully anyone. Uh, he tried to get tough. The Nets were not going for it. And they held him to 26 points. That's a good night you hold Giannis to 26 points. Uh, Brooke Lopez, Belo tried to do his thing, had 23, but he didn't go crazy. Drew Holiday, a Nets fan favorite that fans have wanted for years, didn't kill us. Bobby Portis, former Nick, always tries to turn up coming back to New York. Nope. Uh, that was a good win for the Nets. I was most proud of Nick Claxton uh, at the free throw line. He had 19 points, five assists, eight rebounds. Uh, ben Simmons gave you 12 points, eight assists, 11 rebounds. Like, come on, Ben Simmons is getting to the point where he's about to have a triple-double. It's coming. Just give this guy a little bit more time. T.J. Warren with 12 off the bench in that game. Like, they've got these rotations down. And, uh, you know, KD does not have to be on the floor for this team to be successful. So they don't play on Christmas. And KD was very self-aware and spoke to the fact, hey, this to me was a missed opportunity for the NBA. I watched a little bit of the Sixers beating the Knicks. Okay. Um, wasn't that great. It was the first game. Uh, I watched a little bit of Le LeBron, Luka, the Laker, but the NFL took my attention away. You know, the NFL shared Christmas Day with the NBA and the NBA, in my opinion, they missed out not having the, you know, uh, third place Nets, eight wins in a row, KD, Kyrie. They missed on that. Whatever. The Nets would get on the floor last night, the day after Christmas, and go to Cleveland, Kyrie's old floor. And, man, something special came over Kyrie. At one point in that game, he could not miss. He was unconscious. And I'm like, bruh. <laughs> I'm like, when this guy does that, that's what I'm talking about. He's an artist. He should be top 75. He's gifted. There's not many other guys like that. But there's another gifted guy over there in Darius Garland who had 46. Our guy, Jared Allen, I was looking for that matchup. You know, there's so much talk about Nick Claxton, Jared Allen. They moved on from Jared Allen gambling, hoping that Nick Claxton would get his act together, not be in the hookah lounge, not be in the club, not kicking it with James Harden, not getting mono and COVID and everything else. <laughs> Missing time, now Clax looks like the version of himself that we've been wanting. I felt bad for Jared Allen. He shot a three that hit off the side of the backboard. Ew. And then he missed the wide-open dunk. I'm like, oh, he is in the twilight zone. He's having flashbacks of the Brooklyn Nets. He's looking at the Brooklyn Nets in the white Basquiat jerseys. And he's like, I didn't even get to wear the black, white, the, the black Basquiat. Now they got the white ones. <laughs> Rough day at the office for... Jared Allen, what did you think about the game yesterday? I loved it. Great, 
like game after the holiday. I watched that whole game in bed, relaxed. It was awesome. Well, the Nets mean business, right? Because they're coming out and setting the tone right off the, the top of these games. And, and then, like I said, you know, when, when our, the other team goes on a run, they're responding to those runs. So I, 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 what do you say? I mean, they look like they look like the best team or, or uh, on the very short list of, of the best teams in the NBA. And I, I think the Christmas point you brought up is very um, it's illustrative of the the switch we've all had. Right. Because you can't really blame the NBA for not scheduling the Nets on Christmas when they made the schedule. If they could flex schedule them, you, you would blame them. But look at where we are now versus where we were then. If you're a Nets fan and, and I see Cook Carter in the chat saying Robin start the Resigned Kyrie narrative, just like Keith was mentioning, Kyrie might be the most skilled player who ever lived. When you combine handles with layup package, with jump shot, with uh, footwork, with all that, I mean, his skills, I would love for this version of Kyrie to, if we could hit um, indefinite or infinity, some button like that, I'd love it. And, you know, how does Kyrie get resigned? The Nets win it all. That's how Kyrie or 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 get right close that, to winning it all. That's you, how he get. That's how he gets resigned. <laughs> yeah, like that's the only way. I think if they come up short, it's like, hey, uh, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. I'm sticking to it, right? Joe Sy has the ultimate say in this re-sign Kyrie narrative. Shout out to the Brooklyn Brigade, the block. Uh, I think I saw Doug Barak tweet that there's like re-sign Kyrie, mm-hmm. like those chants are coming. But the only way that happens is if there's a championship and you, you you know Kyrie wants to stay here. I love seeing Lil Kyrie, his son on the floor with the Basquiat jersey, family vibes, positive energy. Kyrie's a jersey cat. Uh, he's not trying to go play for the Sacramento Kings. The only way I see them going back on what they've, you know, pretty much put a, a hard stamp on, right? Like they got to win it all. And that's great because everyone should be all in on this year. KD is all in on this year. Kyrie is all in on this year. The the supporting cast around them, the organization, shout out to the Brooklyn Nets. But the re-signed Kyrie stuff, I just think there's a like a small chance. And that chance only grows as this team becomes more of a championship contender. If they get to the finals or win the finals, then they have to take a really hard look at re-signing Kyrie, and we don't know what that contract could potentially look like. Kyrie just needs to make sure there's no more incidents. That's, I mean, aside from the championship, like, no one doubts. What do you mean mean by that, Robin? What do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) whatever, I can't predict what it's going to be, right? Like, I never, I've always made the joke about the vaccine thing. Like, when when the vaccine happened and you knew there was one net, (laughs) like, of course, it was Kyrie. You didn't have to have that revealed to you, right? But, Look, no one's ever doubted Kyrie's ability. I think everybody wants to root for Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie's in charge of his own destiny, I think, as far as that's concerned. So as long as he keeps it uh, the way it's been going, then it's all good. But, he, you know, he he is uh, sort of lost the benefit of the doubt. He has to earn the benefit of the doubt back, but I'm willing. None of us um, know. Even yeah. right now, Robin, I'm like, man, things are going great. I can't wait to get back to Barclays Center. I'm hitting you up like, yo, we got a pod. We got a pod. We got to strike while the iron's hot. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, this is he's such an unpredictable cat. And I'm glad he's keeping it basketball. I'm glad they're locked in. But you don't know. Uh, January 6th is coming up. I'm like, hold on, folks. We know <laughs> he stepped out January 6th, uh, two years ago. It was 11 degrees this weekend. I'm like, hold on. Kyrie might see the number 11 in his phone. 
tweet up something that I don't know. I don't know. I can't trust it. So now I'm just hoping game by game the Nets keep going and every game they show up interested, locked in, focused, but playing that- defense, making shots, and it has now become about the Nets basketball team in the media, and obviously that's what it's been inside their locker room. So we just hope for the best. But that's a point you made too, though. Like, um, uh, the well, one thing, one last point on Kyrie because I see somebody mentioned something about the the. Uh, I think I saw the sneakers there, but that maybe that was a bit of a wake up call for Kyrie. Hopefully, you Nike. know, yeah, that yeah. that when they drop him, oh, okay, this is for real. I I really gotta you know um think about the the way I'm approaching things. But I think the Nets have thought about the way they're approaching things too, because it's one thing to have talent. It's another thing to have a sense of purpose and focus. And they're not getting out-rebounded anymore. You know, and a lot of that's about the, the personnel that's on the floor and, and no longer playing small guards. But a lot of that's about effort and mindset, too. And want to, and, yes. Yeah. And I saw Jacques Vaughn. That's another thing Jacques Vaughn showed them was their individual box-out stats, KD mentioned, and a way to motivate them. So I, I, I don't think you can give that guy enough credit. And, Keith, there was one other name you mentioned I just want to circle back before I forget, and that's James Harden. Uh, just because I find the whole back to Houston thing very humorous on the day that when Bayama he's trying to get, he's trying to go link up with uh with with the first overall pick. Did you see how he, he was how he was dressed yesterday? It was like he was like I don't know. He looked like a Muppet. He looked yeah. like uh, something out of the Whoville from the Grinch. Robbing a robbing a Gucci florist or something. I'm just I, I never really I mean Harden when he was on the Nets I supported him. But I don't understand that guy. And he said, I'm here. I don't know where that report came from. And it gave me deja vu. Same thing he That's said the here. Same shit same he said thing, in yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> same thing. It's the same exact thing he said in Brooklyn. I don't know where those reports came from. I'm here. Okay, they come from somewhere. We know you guys all leak to Shams or somebody behind the scenes, scenes Chris Haynes, whatever. This, this was Woj this time around. But, yeah, it, there, there's actually some substance to it. I, he didn't just put This it out guy there. wanted a pat on the back for taking less money. You're not the same player. You had to take less money. Do you want to win? Now, they played great. He had, I think, 20 and, like, 21 assists against the Knicks. And Bede had 44. Good for them. I cannot wait for the Nets to see them healthy. I cannot wait for the Nets to, to see them healthy and smack them. Well, Harden don't Harden don't want to even face Kyrie. Kyrie locks Harden up. And Bede got to actually deal with Ben. Like, let's see it. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons locked up Jared Allen and uh Giannis Antetokounmpo in back-to-back games. I want to see him against Embiid. We missed that last time. Yeah, well, look, the, the, I think, you know, I I'll I'll irritate some people but i think that the knicks little win streak was a bit fugazi so they're uh you know beating up on a team that's not that good there's no knicks and, fans in the, here there's no the knicks sixers, fans in here. the sixers guys have not accomplished anything uh-uh. you know james uh joel b's never been out of the second round you know what uh james harden's reputation is so for all the criticism of the nets and much of it is earned much of it is earned much of it is deserved what are what's one thing that both kevin durant and kyrie irving have in common they won Rings. a title they, they won a title. Yeah. Finals MVP for Kevin Durant twice, even though he was on the biggest super team that ever was, you know, the super soldier enhanced super team. And Kyrie hit the biggest shot in NBA history. So, you know, those guys don't actually, they have to prove maybe from a leadership standpoint, I guess, but they don't have to prove from a um, responding to the moment and, and ability and, and actually having been there, done that standpoint. 
All right, let's see if I can hit these voicemails. I see somebody calling me right now. I think we only had two, so I was going to wait till the last uh, five minutes of the show. Um, okay, we only have one, I believe, unless someone's leaving one now. But I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, now we're you know now we're getting into James Harden and the Sixers. I think we've said all that you can say about the Nets. I said they they had some gambles, and they're starting to hit on those gambles with players like Ben Simmons, Yuta Watanabe. TJ Warren, Edmund Sumner, even the gamble on, you know, keeping Kyrie and not cutting ties with Kyrie. And, you know, even coming down on some of the demands that were set out there for him, they, you know, they brought him back. Uh, I don't care if it took three seasons for the Nets to have their longest win streak in Brooklyn, right? This never happened before the KD Kyrie era. Now that's something we can say, and it very well can go on to 10, 11, um, who knows? But if you're a Nets fan, this is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been hoping for. When you make the clean sweep and you get two superstars, you hope that the organization can put the talent around them where they have a chance to win a championship. And, you know, they went for it with James Harden. We lost some of our uh, favorite players. Karis LeVert, we also saw in the um, Cleveland game. Jared Allen. But, you know, fast forward to now, it's all starting to come together. I think they have the right guy at coach. It wasn't Kenny Atkinson. It wasn't. And even though Jacques Vaughn did the interim in the bubble and whatever, I think he learned from that. Um, and it, it definitely was never Steve Nash, but that was a splash hire, a friend of Joe Sy and Sean Marks they thought would work. No, now they've got the right guy in the driver's seat. Coming up next, they face the Hawks, the Hornets, the Spurs, the Bulls. Like this win streak can keep going for another week, two weeks. And I'm hoping for it. So let's play the voicemails, Robin. While I pull up the voicemail, add anything else you'd like to add. Well, you know, it, it, you talk about those teams. We're now at the point where I expect the Nets to beat all those teams. You know, no longer do I expect these letdown games. Now they're going to have one. It's just natural that the course of the NBA season. But what they've done with this win streak is build up a little bit of uh, wiggle room because you know they can they can afford to drop some random game, and it's not going to be the end of the world. We're not going to be screaming like, "Oh no, it's all ruined." But for the most part, I expect them to take care of business. And I, I'm not so sure they're not going to have the best record in the NBA uh, when it's all said and done. And go ahead and find one of these next coming games to rest, guys. Still try to win, but go ahead and let Cam Thomas play. Let Dayron Sharp play. Maybe, I don't know, David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards, if you want to pull another uh, seven, eight guys resting. I don't think they should do that. But I am so mindful of health as a Nets fan. We've seen this every single year. KD go down or Kyrie be out or even years before then, before the KD Kyrie era, like health is the main thing. So find some time to get guys off their feet. You know, Kawhi chooses every other game to play. Uh, there's a bunch of other guys that don't play. It's okay. It's the way of the NBA now. Okay. First voicemail. I'm not sure who it's from. And I, I see you guys are sending them as we're closing here. Let's play this one first. Yo, what's up, Keith? Robin, Nets fan for 20 years, Israel. Um, I really like the the win we did against the Bucks and the Cavs. The only thing I think we need a backup point guard who can handle the ball when Ben Simmons is out in the fourth quarter. What do you like, think? I mean, I, I like Sumner as that other guard. To be honest, I, I don't want to take his minutes. I, I like what he's brought. I mean, he's not um a prototypical point guard as far as the guy you're thinking of as a flashy ball handler, but I think he does his job. I think he plays defense. He, 
He locks up at the point of attack, and when he sees a driving lane, he goes after it. And he's also, you know, taking those shots. He's not a shooter, but he's taking the shots, which is always a good sign of one day becoming a shooter. Yeah, and I think Israel kind of had some worry about, like, hack a Ben in the fourth quarter late in the game where it could get tight like that and you can't have him on the floor. But uh, I think he works on his free throws. They trust him if that is the case. And like Robin just said, Edmund Sumner is a guy. He counts. He's another bet that they took and they hit on. And uh, I'm telling you guys, they have more than we expected. So they're in a good place when it comes time to talk about a trade. Trade deadline, I believe, is February 9th. Stay tuned. Maybe they make a move. Maybe they don't. Okay, next voicemail is a little bit longer. Let's see how this one goes. Let's play that for you right now. What up, Rob? What up, Keith? Hope both of y'all doing well. Uh, great win yesterday. Cavs cannot stop our starting lineup for nothing, man. You know that those refs started trying to do those ticky tack fouls against KD. Those two was not, that not, nobody on that Cavs team was stopping KD or Kyrie. Ben Simmons being the push, a tempo pushing, a tempo pusher. TJ Warren being a great scorer off the bench. YouTube being an energizer bunner. I don't know what in the world John Vaughn was thinking. We put Patty Mills in there, but he got his act together. Took him off for the rest of the game. Thank God. Shoot, bus game. Um. Giannis, zero points in the fourth quarter or not. Nobody else on that Bucks team is going to stop KD or Kyrie as well. Let's be real. Ain't nobody stopping those two at all. So we got a great supporting cast right now. All we need is another center. That's it. Um, You don't need a Joe Harris as much. You don't need a Seth Curry as much as you think. With Utah and TJ Warren stepping up the way they're, they're, they are right now, uh, the size the limit for what, what moves you can make right now. You know, so... Um, let's figure it out. Let's continue it. Let's get a 10-game win streak, man. We got the Hawks. We got the Hawks, the Hornets, the Spurs, and then after a while, we got the Celtics, the Heat, and the Pelicans. Hey, let's try to continue these wins. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. You know, on the center thing real quick, I, I get it, and I, I wouldn't mind the Nets having that prototypical body just in case, but you have to be careful what you wish for there a little bit because – the, the, the Nets play a certain style, and you don't want to take away their style. And I don't now know that, if I want it anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I need that anymore. And now that Ben and Claxton are playing well together, you know, that changes all, all those dynamics because when you got Ben and you got Claxton and you got KD and you got Royce, that is a big team. Royce has uh, been shooting the ball very well. Like, like I, I, And that's another thing I wanted to add to what he's saying. He's like, if you got Utah, you got Teach. Utah can shoot the three. TJ can shoot the three. Royce can shoot the three. You obviously know KD and Kyrie shoot threes. Like, th there are enough guys. If Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons are the only two guys that can't shoot, so what? They add value in so many other ways. I don't know. I, like, I think Jacques Vaughn has the recipe. I know uh, a lot of people got to update their takes and their thoughts every couple games. It's like that in the NBA. Early on in the season, I think it was easy to say the Nets need another big and a backup point guard, but they've changed so much in the last month and a half since Kyrie came back and since we got past that that nonsense and Jacques Vaughn became the head coach. They are doing more with what they have than I think some people realize. So just refresh your info. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's in such a demand for the Nets to get a backup point guard or a big. Like, who do you want? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know who I who I want anymore. For like, for example, like, would Andre Drummond work on this team? He was on the team last year. Would you want to see Andre he, Drummond? He did nothing in the playoffs. A Jet Hawk uh, eleven seventy two who wrote the uh, sent the voicemail says Mo Bamba. 
I don't want Mo Bamba playing for this team. I mean, like, that's another guy. If, if Mo Bamba is playing, Claxton and Simmons are not, right? Or one of them is not. That's part of the point, like, you just brought it up, Keith, because you can't, you can only have so many non-shooters. And I think we should be uh, thankful. And, and mostly this is just Ben taking his step up. And, and that's what's made up the difference between, uh, you know, them two not being able to play together and being able to play together. And, and I appreciate the, the compliment of Obama, Tom, McLeese, Socrates, philosophies and hypotheses and all that. Can't define how I beat up in these mockeries. Lyrically performed on robbery. Possibly they spotted me yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We got to wrap this up. That's it. That's the last voicemail. Thanks for joining us. It's a good time to be a Nets fan. So tell a friend to tell a friend we're talking Nets. And we're going to keep talking about the Nets. Shout out to everybody that pulled up. A lot of familiar faces in the chat. Um, Thank you, guys. Robin, appreciate you making time during the holiday. Uh, we'll be back, I don't know, maybe before the end of the new year. Probably not. Let me see the schedule. We got to, you know, give it a, a, at least two more games. So there's a game tomorrow. There's a game Saturday. We probably won't be back until sometime in the new year, maybe uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday. But that's fine. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Hit that like button if you're in the chat right now on your way out. Subscribe to the audio-only version of the pod. And uh, we'll keep working and building as the Nets keep working and winning and building this thing. And, and throw some likes great. and comments and stuff on there. I think that helps the algorithm, right? So, you know. All of uh, it helps. It interacts. Call, That's why I say like. You know, you guys action. talking. Do it. Great. I look at some of the other Nets stuff, man, and I'm like, you know, ne- never hating on the Nets community. Yankees community, I definitely hate on a lot of them. And this is the last thing I'll say as I close. There are a lot of people um, making Nets content now, and it's starting to do well. I remember in the beginning of doing Talking Nets, I didn't even want to do Talking Nets because I was just like, it's too uphill of a climb. Uh, I don't know if there's ever going to be that many. Now, look, there's a ton of Nets fans. That was four years ago. There's a ton of Nets fans. We've got dope content creators, podcasters, support everyone. And uh, in this new year, I'm going to figure out a way for us to do more and be more visible. I'm definitely popping back up at bc more and uh gonna really try and and work to add to our social media on top of everything else i got going on so for keith mcpherson hudson flynn who's on holiday as well shout out to hudson and robin lumberg that's all we've got let's go nets let's go nets brooklyn